Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Middleton will take this away from Eller. A lethargic performance by the Capitals. And it's another thud here at 7th and F. Final score, 5-1 to one, as Minnesota comes in and dictates terms. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals suffer another clunker at home, this time to Minnesota. Goaltending once again an area of concern with 13 games to go. And Tampa Bay, the two-time defending champs, are up next on Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, April 4th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. Last night, the Capitals continued to sputter at home. Another game in which the team didn't come ready from the drop of the puck. This time, a 5-1 loss to the Minnesota Wild. A lackluster performance to be sure. Now two straight at home. Four of the last five at 7th and F have gone to the loss column. And Ben, one of the biggest mysteries in the NHL this season, the Capitals on home ice. They are 21-7-5 on the road. One of the very best in the league at Capital One Arena. Just four wins in their last 14 have now been outscored 11-2 in their last two home games. Man, one of the toughest barns for visiting teams to come in the NHL over the last decade plus, really for much of the Ovechkin era, but certainly a different story this year, and that's especially come to light of late. Lackluster starts have been a common theme. You're at home, and last night against Minnesota, the latest example, first shift and less than two minutes in, fall behind 2-0. It was a similar story, down 2-0 early against Carolina. Thinking back a few weeks ago, Dallas Stars jumped early to a 2-0 lead, and the sample size is growing here for the home struggles, and really a, a lot of it has to do, there's a combination of contributing factors here, but a lot of it has to do with the lackluster starts and it's a real head-scratcher, especially, John, it's a veteran group, and you figure they say all the right things, they know what needs to get done, just haven't been able to execute, but digging themselves early holes and uh, finding it much too difficult to come back. Not being ready to play, you say. Well, yeah, it happened again. Two goals on two shots in the first 137 of the game last night. The second fastest two goals to start a game in Minnesota Wild history. This after allowing two in the first 737. That was last Monday at home against Carolina. The Capitals and losing 10 of 14 at home. And a stat that maybe illustrates some of the struggles at 7th and F, including last night. The Capitals now have allowed nine goals on home ice this season in the first three minutes of the game. I'll repeat that. Nine goals on home ice this season in the first three minutes of the game. Most in the NHL. Now 20 home losses and 36 tries. And as rough a season at home as they've had been, unless they can run the table, it's going to be the first time since 06-07 they've lost more at home than they've won. It's, it's a real head-scratcher, the lackluster showing at home, because conversely, on the road all year, they've been one of the best road teams in the NHL this season. So it's, it's disturbing that it goes so well in one environment and then not as well in the environment that should be better the comforts of your own home and your own barn and again going back to last night John in the start the first two goals that Minnesota scored 
One of them, Dmitry Orlov, is caught flat-footed in the neutral zone, and the other one, I don't feel bad highlighting his name because he's so good, so consistent for so many years. It's a real head-scratcher when Nicholas Backstrom gets beat as he did in the neutral zone on the Tyson Jost goal, the second goal, 2-0 right away for Minnesota. It's so rare. We have not seen that, you know, an, an example, an instance quite like that. It's a number of veterans that all together just haven't uh, haven't looked quite right and and last night was uh, was an example where not a whole lot of support in front of Vanacek and then at the same time the goaltender not covering for the lapses that were taking place in front of him not enough north south skating according to Peter Laviolette he did highlight Tom Wilson in his post game comments that his stride was noticeable and positive second straight game Ben that it may have gone lopsided the wrong direction for Washington, but Tom Wilson's play continues to be consistent. One of the few guys you could probably put in that category last night. Yeah, good for him. Didn't uh, didn't find the stat sheet, didn't find the score sheet last night, but did a lot of other little things as far as at least being noticeable. And again, trying to pull his teammates into the fight. That's what we've been saying about Wilson of late. Unfortunately, once again, just not enough of uh, his teammates joining in that regard. But good on Laviolette, I thought, to acknowledge as well that Tom Wilson was was among the few bright spots for the team last night. Goaltending, because we haven't talked about that on this show this year. Vitek Vanacek, four allowed on 18 last night. This on the heels of five on 23 before him being pulled after two periods in a game against Carolina. I don't think that when you look at his performance last night and what we've seen over the last two games, there's two things in play here. One, the Capitals haven't been good enough in front of him. Two, he's starting to let in some weaker goals. And three, to me, it looks like his confidence has been shaken by what's gone on in front of them here over the last two games. He's a young goalie. That's going to happen. But it's now April 4th, and we are less than a month away from starting the Stanley Cup playoffs. And now you have a back-to-back this weekend. You've got one at the very end of the year in New York. That's it. We talked about it quite a bit last night. Are you going to go with VTech again on Wednesday? Do you want him to work out of it? Does Elias Samsonov get a chance? Is VTech still the number one guy? There's a lot of questions and murkiness suddenly around the goaltending here they got to find an answer for it pretty quick. This is a tough one. I know you and Ken mentioned on the broadcast last night that if Vitek is your guy, and it would appear based on the past few weeks that he has emerged and separated himself from Samsonov in terms of that competition, if he's your guy and you've got a big test in the Tampa Bay Lightning coming to town on Wednesday night, you ride your number one, you lean on him, and you play him once again against the Lightning. My thought there is certainly now the leash has to be a little bit shorter. Whatever gap had been established between Vanacek and Samsonov has narrowed, and it has nothing to do with Ilya Samsonov, who has barely played over the past few weeks. So this is all on Vitek Vanacek, and again, to your point, hasn't had a whole lot of support in front of him, but at the same time, as we've acknowledged, as we've said on the broadcast many times over this season, Sometimes you need your goalie to bail you out to make a save. He hasn't done that enough of late. And it brings to mind, too, something that Brian McClellan mentioned when we spoke to him in early March. When he was speaking about the goaltending big picture, he said it's not only the volume of goals or saves that you look at when you look at the numbers. You look at when the saves are made early on in a game. For example, and Samsonov was guilty of this earlier this year. I think he allowed a goal 10 seconds into a road game in Philadelphia. That comes to mind. They've both been guilty of this. Now, the team as a whole has been guilty of allowing early goals, but you need the goalies to make stops at certain points, certain instances in games. We didn't see it early on from Samsonov, and of late, that bad habit, if you want to call it that, it's starting to creep into Vanacek's game as well. So, I don't know, John, we're 70 games in. 
Do we have a number one goalie? What are we doing here? Hopefully, we'll find out some answers. Hopefully, Vitek's able to rebound. And I feel bad for him because I think a lot of it has gone with the play in front of him. You lose confidence, and, and now you're going through some struggles. I think, and I might be in the minority here among our broadcast booth, I think you could still start Samsonov on Wednesday, and Vanacek is your number one. Maybe it's contradictory with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. You'd think you ride your number one in a game like that. It's not a back-to-back or anything like that. I think you could start Samsonov on Wednesday. Wednesday and still lean down the stretch. Vanacek is your guy and you could still go back to him. You just give him another breather here this week, uh, for lack of a better word. Minnesota's legit. I think we found that out last night. They've got a rugged checking line. they got three lines that can score. Possibly the deepest goaltending depth of any soon-to-be playoff team in the Stanley Cup playoffs with Fleury and Talbot. Eric Sinek had a couple of goals last night. They got good snarl if they need it, even from their top line. They don't mind being challenged physically at the top. That's a definite Stanley Cup contender in my mind. Yeah, it's a good team. I think they're going to have a black and blue series, whoever they wind up playing in the first round. There's some heavy teams to get through in that Central Division if they ultimately match up, and it probably will be one of Nashville or St. Louis. It's going to be a pretty entertaining series, but to your point, it's been a while that Minnesota Minnesota, be it the North Stars or the Wild, have looked at their teams and said, we have a legitimate team that could make a deep postseason run. They have a lot of ingredients here. They have a superstar in Kirill Kaprizov. We didn't necessarily see a lot of them last night, but they have a lot of high-end talent. They have the goaltending. They have the blue line. They have a lot to look forward to, but a lot of competition, too, there just to break through the Central Division. Around the NHL, push for the playoffs. Boston Bruins tonight in Columbus, 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena. Bruins start play tonight in the first wild card spot in the East, seven points ahead of the Capitals. Tampa Bay, Wednesday's opponent at 7th and F, going to host the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight at Amelie Arena, and a good one out west tonight. Calgary in Los Angeles facing the Kings at 10.30. Quick note on the schedule tomorrow. The Dallas Stars going to play host to the New York Islanders, so before the Capitals play again, it is possible that with games even, the New York Islanders would only be nine back. I still would look at the Islanders' schedule and say, I don't know that they have what it takes to come back, but if they make it to single digits, and if they beat Dallas, and you've got two head-to-heads coming up in the last week of the season between the Isles and Capitals, you don't want this thing to get too close. You've got to put a little more distance between yourselves and the Islanders here. You don't want them thinking they might have a chance. You suggesting objects in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear? Some backside pressure here from the Islanders. Look, maybe it's not a bad thing. You would like to think the Capitals shouldn't need, don't need a wake-up call to get their act in order. But given that they're pretty much, you know, the upward mobility we've noted is limited for the Capitals, maybe a little backside pressure wakes them up because, to your point, Islanders, uh, they begin the week now. Winners of four straight, eight of 11, feeling good about themselves. They're certainly trending in the right direction, New York is. And hopefully starting Wednesday, the Capitals can uh, start to turn this little uh, lull of late uh, back around. Capitals broadcast housekeeping note before we go, because I don't believe this has ever happened before. The next four games, four in a row, are all national exclusive. No games on NBC Sports Washington until April 14th in Toronto. Tampa Bay games on TNT on Wednesday. Pittsburgh on ABC on Saturday afternoon. The Boston game Sunday back at Capital One Arena is on TNT again. And then a home game with Philadelphia next Tuesday, that's on ESPN. No Joe or Craig for any of those. That's nuts. 
your only local call of the Capitals for the next four on 106.7 A Fan, Caps Radio 24-7. I don't think that's ever happened before. That's insane. Sounds like a uh, playoff schedule right there with the nationally televised games. So a lot of folks nationally can tune in, but uh, you can always find us on the radio side. So that's good. We're not getting kicked out, right? Well, I show up to work. We show up to work on Wednesday, right? We will be here Wednesday. They'll feed us? We'll definitely feed us. I'll be there. Nice. Appreciate that. Caps Lightning Wednesday, 7.30. Note the start time. 715 air on 1067 a fan and caps radio 24-7. Ben, have yourself a great Monday, will you? Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Cap! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.